Hello, thank you for tuning in to today's episode where I'm joined with the full crew of Herb Vet. Today's episode is episode 3 and we'll be talking about the future of education marketing. I hope you'll enjoy today's episode with me, Shazmin, Saran, uh, Ami, and Akmal. Okay, so on today's episode, the future of education marketing. So what can we discuss about today's topic? How should we start this talk? I think the first thing that we really need to look into would be um, generally, generally from the perspective of marketers and what are the problems that we actually face at, the, at this point mm-hmm. of time, especially during the pandemic. I personally see that there's a switch of uh, interest per se as uh, the number of leads that we used to get now for education compared to what we were getting last year has dramatically reduced. And cost as well has gone up. So that's different factors. So we have to also look at the platform factor and we have to also look at the personality. So this is like the, I guess, would be the, the underlying topic mm-hmm. of today. Like what's your perception towards why there's less leads and why there's cost increase, All right? So guys, on the floor. I think location plays a factor as well, especially those who want to study overseas, they cannot. So we used to do campaigns for local students as well as um, international students. But because of just one location problem, Half of our clients' revenue got cut. Half or I would say majority, right, Sarin? Yeah, um, uh, I wouldn't say it's like drastically half. I definitely lowered in incomes compared to what they were getting mm-hmm. before. But uh, what would be the main highlight here is, in fact, what about local students? And like, you know, you for instance, we are in Malaysia. We have government universities and we have private institutions. So for those who do not qualify for the government institutions, they, they have to go for the private institutions. But I also see a reduction in leads for the private institutions. Is there like a fear of like whether we should be spending money to study happening at the point of time? And uh, if we, would, we didn't get government placements, okay, let's not just bother about it. Because there was one marketer that actually had a conversation with me and said that, you know, we get students coming in and like it was the point of studying. Uh, I can go and do grab and earn about 2000 a month immediately. So why do I need to study and then go for a job? So there are like those kinds of perception for people who are coming in from rural areas. They see the cash first. They don't see the value of education first. So we have those kinds of issues also happening. So what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's definitely understandable because of the pandemic. But remember, before even the pandemic, there, has, there had been a slow decline already because the kids nowadays, they're starting to uh, lose hope in, I mean, they, they don't believe that with uh, high education, it'll guarantee them uh, success or an easy future, even before the pandemic uh, that, that started. So the pandemic has worsened things? Yeah, definitely. It's like a nail to the coffin. Huh? I hope nothing happens to our university. It's like really a really huge pickup at the moment. On, on some hands, I see some universities creating new causes to adapt to this kind of situations where they're trying to like eliminate like the causes that are oversaturated. Perhaps like, for, exam- for example, maybe like business causes or some kind of causes that are too saturated. So they are trying to like open up in new fields in logistics, you know, whatever that is in demand, like in e-commerce kind of course, digital marketing kind of course, to adapt to the current trends and changes. And uh, it's sadly to say in Malaysia, the, the technology causes, the computer science causes are quite low compared to other countries, right? So I think that's also mm-hmm. something that they need to look into. And also on the arts side as well, I think the arts causes needs to also improve drastically. So generally, I think the causes are outdated, right? And it's not able yeah. to guarantee jobs. I think that's the biggest concern for anybody. Like, do I study? And if I would, do I get a job? 
Yeah, since the start of MCO, we see that there's a huge shift in digital. Everything is being digital, is on digital. And so like there is efforts from the government in the sense of before pre-MCO, we can see that they're trying to incorporate STEM into uh, education, starting from upper secondary uh, school students, so that when they go into university, they would have a choice to pick courses that's more like leaning towards AI, because we are, the future is being taken over by AI and now times to come. And I feel like um, that's part of the initiative, because it's for us now, we need to learn to adapt. But for them, they're going to have like the basics or the foundations of going into technology. And it's probably going to change more career opportunities Opportunities. I mean, like, have more career opportunities that's leading towards AI. Agreed. So what are your thoughts on that, Akuma? What do you think of, um, do, you val- do you see the value of education or is it better off finding an- another alternative to gain revenue as opposed to the traditional way? Okay, to be fair, as we see nowadays, if we're talking about uh, in Malaysia itself or, okay, we can go for global. Uh, we can get knowledge literally anywhere, even online. So... If we're discussing about the perception of today's local teenagers, like Malaysian teenagers or Malaysian adolescents or students, not wanting to continue to offer their studies, like either public or private institutions, maybe they opt to get their education online. Because as we can see, for me particularly, we can see that in the designer field, in the creative field, creative side of uh, job, you can see that most of the knowledge you can get online, on YouTube or in even courses online. And I feel like they are better, they are more, more comfortable to study online, to get the knowledge online for the education on, yeah, in private or public. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's more of the social skills. Yeah. I feel like um, students nowadays, local, especially opt to getting the, their education online. And like what Saran said, more in the rural areas, they tend to see the cash first. So in a sense, in a sense, they see that getting the education online costs less than getting their um, education in private or public universities. And I think that plays a part in today's higher education trend in Malaysia because I feel like they feel like, I feel like they feel like they can get job anywhere and anyhow. So they bachelor's degree or diploma. Me personally, I think it's important to get that certificate. That's my personal opinion on things, on this particular topic, because us as a student, we determine, we committed to get the education, we um, invest our three years, four years to get the education, getting into the environment. Because mm-hmm. if you look beyond the certificate, the education, the title of that degree, Education industries, not education industry, but uh, universities taught us more than just certificate, more than just education. It taught us about life, taught us about friends, how to survive on our own or with our friends outside of the world, outside in the world. Again, social skills, soft skills, yes. So, yeah. So that's mm. what's missing mm. from these online courses. I, I agree with Akmal. I, I'm all for the online courses, actually. And I, I do think that the future is going to be online courses. That there's not, not going to be a need for um, institutions. Probably it'll be more of like, you know, those boot camps kind of um, courses that go, you know, when people meet up for boot camps and stuff like that. So I guess you should invest your money in, in terms of those kinds of stuff rather than physically attending universities. But then, again, there's an aspect of the socialization that children need. I mean, young adults need 
you know uh, that it's lacking uh, you see today youngsters are on youtube and on on the ipads and stuff like that so in coming generations i think that that expect is more important than actually dedication so that's what i think they will need to be selling the social skills instead but i guess it has to be lowered down and the approach of online courses is going to be growing exponentially more and yep. more over the years i feel because the cost the barrier to entry this they say it's going to be cheaper you could get a course for like say 1000 bucks or 2000 bucks online and compared to like spending a couple of thousands in universities so the cost barrier to entry is going to be uh, cheaper but my one question is do you think that kids are ready to adapt to online education yeah, or go ahead or you think that they they need some more time for these mediums to mature and for them to understand how to to learn online and also do you think that the industry is ready to accept students with online certifications honestly i don't think anyone is ready but but like you guys said yeah everyone is aware of the importance of some kind of education is the, the problem is that they want they don't want to go out uh, they cannot go out and they they are thinking long term macha like one of our clients they do get leads but they don't convert because they just want to they just want to inquire yeah. they just want to check see how the waters is that's it so people are definitely interested to pursue extend their education somehow i think that it would take us maybe 3 uh, to 5 years for it to work properly because uh, if you look online um i would like be on social media and see group a uh, screenshots of group uh, meetings in classes i've never seen like one post about them being happy about it it's always complaining or they want to take advantage of the situation like they they prank the teacher lah or they just take a screenshot of themselves on the phone print it out and then they put it in front of the camera while they go to the kitchen make food stuff like that so the audience definitely is not mature yet to do this thing responsibly from that standpoint i think you cannot really force the people to be disciplined so If only there was some kind of tool specifically for uh, remote learning, uh, rather than just a video conferencing tool, but actually something that can monitor you, uh, make you be a bit behave behave yourself and stuff. I think we can. Alright, shall we ready? I think we can dive in a little bit deeper in terms of online education. There's two types of education going on at the moment. One is provided by the universities who are trying to to adapt to the pandemic, and then another is self-consuming kind of courses. where you pay and you learn at your own pace. So I think as you what Amir you were saying about the maturity of students yes it plays a part. Those with you know with even with less maturity you know they take they tend to take it easy with the university classes but if you have an interest a particular interest and I would to pay say a couple of hundred or couple of thousands to get that particular course online I'm going to spend I I'm spending money on that and I know it's my interest And I got to finish that course to get something out of it, right? So, do you think that since this is like you're forcing yourself to get into a course that you uh, or are you're buying a course that you personally are interested in, do you think that the maturity level there will still play a part, or out of fear or out of obligation, you would try to complete that self-learning concepts versus a general university online course, which is still a university? syllabus is still a university uh, setting so you know you have friends online so you just want to try to 
you know, monkey around maybe in class and, and try to get some attention out of it. So that's a whole different way of learning versus you learning, getting into something completely you are a stranger. I think that it, um, when it comes down to maturity in university, like you said, like um, they might, they don't see this as an advantage for them to do remote learning. Uh, I think part of it also, I mean, uh, I think ignorance plays a part of it. In a sense, it's not just like, ignorance can bring to many terms. One is like, you, you can learn about something, but you choose not to learn about something, right? But also if you are um, situated in a school of thought where you know that you can go over or over the line of what they are teaching, meaning that you can, because like Akmal said, now our education is easily accessible, right? Anything you want to search on, you can just, it's at the tip of your hands. So whether you realize that or not, is whether you want to question more about the things that you are studying, then you would go onto the internet and search about it. But most students today, they don't care to do the next action of learning more than what the school has has systemed for them like if this is what the school of thought is then i'm just going to resume what i'm studying they don't have the curiosity of learning outside of their comfort zone so i think that is partly like a setback for them to learn beyond what the system has provided them and in answering um saran's question where would it be different between learning courses in the university or or like putting your money into don't have you know, online yet. courses. I think it does because one thing, I mean, both aspects are consuming your money. But when it comes down to university, you are given a timeline to uh, graduate the courses. But if it's like online learning, for example, um, one is like Facebook by Garof Madan. It only takes about maybe a month or so. So it's not as time-consuming oh, as the courses in university. Because when something is time-consuming, you tend to demotivate yourself along the way. At first, you feel like you're motivated to do this. And then along the line, when you are continuing it, you become demotivated in like finishing the course. So when you want to like go into the next semester, you don't aim for the highest GPA. As long as you just pass, and it's fine. As long as you're borderline passing, it's fine. But when it comes down to like... Um, online learning where you can freely access any education you want to learn it creates no boundaries to how much you should yes. uh, it, it doesn't give you a grade by the end of the day because what you're learning is what you truly want to learn Bye. But because I think partly like what people are de- what people are demotivated about is also like grades So because if you don't reach a certain grade then it sort of like gives out you're not smart know yes. the system but yeah all right just one question for the team for me as well to think about uh i believe that all the points that we talked about previously i feel like it's the perspective from us from learners from students so i feel like uh if we were to ask can malaysia practice online education we have to ask also the perspective of the employers so do you think the employers will change their mindset? They would hire graduates or students or people that doesn't have qualifications, that doesn't have certifications. So what do you think about that? I certainly would. And we certainly would, would, would preach that at Herbert. 
because number one, I would, I'm number one. Okay, I have to tell history. I'm a rebel, so I don't believe in the system. The thing is, what I found difficulties is that when you get into education, when you get a degree, you get a diploma, whatever you can, you're forced to go and find a job in the same field. Yeah, you deviate from it. But there are people like me who discover that what you study is not what you actually like, and I shouldn't be forced again. To go into the system again to figure out something again that I like and study again and then get a job—that's ridiculous, right? I mean, you're going to spend rest of your life learning yeah, uh, in, a, in a university, and it doesn't make sense. So I feel that you have to learn in a lifelong learning approach, and you pick up whatever skills you need to survive for that point of time. So if it's a particular job with a particular um, passion that you have, for example, if you like graphics. Get into graphics. Get into all the courses you can get in hand online, offline, books, whatever. Not you have to have that interest if you really want to have the job. Mm, yeah. Right. You can't go to somebody to tell you that hey, you got to do this, 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 so that you can get a job. That's already a wrong approach in the first place, because you're telling people what to do to get a job, but you're not mm. doing it personally yourself. From you're not you're not like scouting out like I I need to get this job. So then your approach is totally different. You're going to start to specialize in something. You start to learn. Something in deeper, and then you, you you try to impress your whoever you're gonna try to get a job from. You would do that definitely. I feel that, you know. I mean, honestly, I've seen, especially in Malaysia, in the graphic scenes, those who have come out from like, yeah, universities or whatever. Not, we don't see the qualities either. <laughs> It's really boils down to the individuals who really have interest in what they are doing. These are the people that excel. Like Akmal. Uh, Maybe you came from uh, universities and you learned a lot of things, mm. right? But I think your skill is because you—I mean—you have to own it to you. It's not because of your university; it's because of your own self initiatives. Mm. You wanted to excel in something, so it took you deeper into more research, into more. You know, comparing and contrasting with whatever is out there, and you improve yourself that way. But the general audience, the general students that we have, who are put into the system, who who chose the degree because it was accessible to them at that point of time, may not have the same level of interest. So mm-hmm. then you are you are creating a bunch of workforce uh, that is not ready for the workforce. You make a strong point because. Like all of these problems that we're facing with the education industry, especially in digital marketing and employment, is because, like you said, at the end of the day, people seem to not be interested in studying, and that's because, um, I feel like education here is also a bit stigmatized for certain courses. Like in school or this course, you will be successful. If you take arts, you're gonna fail. Stuff like that. That forces people who are not interested in something. To take on like science stream or whatever, just to make their parents happy. Okay, let's say art stream memang tak boleh buat apa. Maybe instead they could have just directed students who want to learn these other things, try to suggest them something that's more relevant to the world or something instead of this tukar 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 course. Like there's no really a strategy. If you ask your friends, most of them they don't really have like a long term plan for what they want to do. They Mostly, it's like they yeah. hoping that after college is done, second day that certificate, they the parents are happy, then they can go do something else. Yeah, and that's reflected uh, even when you're employing, going through resumes, 
it's very all like and no passion. They're not passionate with like what they're learning and stuff. They just following the system that's been set up for them. Get a uh, certificate, get a job. In school, for me, I felt that my future was planned for me. And my dad wanted me to become a doctor. I didn't want to. And then the school wanted put me into an accountancy class, <laughs> which uh, I I didn't perform. I just in school, like. No, in school, literally, just surviving. Uh, after, just surviving. After, yeah, I, I just really, like, I just didn't care about studying because I was really sad about, oh, man, I, I don't get to do what I want in the future. Uh, technically, I started to pay attention in class properly, like, in college because I got to take multimedia design. I don't regret it. I don't regret being, like, a designer. This is the thing. Yeah. Right from school, the whole system is is a bit uh, not updated to today's thoughts and perceptions right mm. they put you in one track and then you end up liking another so it's very difficult to make that decision even at that point of age yes at yes. your 17 18 it's it's very <laughs> difficult it's like a yeah. huge burden on yourself like, yeah what do you want to do what do you want to do what do you want to do like mm. i don't yeah. know how do you know what you want to do you know it's, it's, it's in everybody's and fortunate enough i had the fortunate uh, thing i i did something that i was Not hundred percent interested. I did accounting finance. Mm. I was not hundred percent interested in it. Have to be honest. But I did want to know about how this books work. How does business work in that in that sense? You know, I just wanted to know what business was all about because I was so into this, you know, starting out my own thing and what all. So I just wanted to know the technical aspects of it. But going in deep, diving, dive, sorry, diving in deeper into it. Was kind of boring. Is it balanced? Mm. Was, there's no excitement in it. Balancing. Never right? So I just wanted to know how it works, but I didn't want to like do the work for that. Okay. <laughs> I so I guess that kind of value to me was I I could have done that in probably a year to understand all those things that I wanted to, and then probably move on. Uh, maybe second year probably go into something else that I would be more interested in, perhaps like uh, learning abroad. Uh, you know, maybe even human psychology or something like that. You know, to understand how people react and stuff that really intrigued my my curiosity. Yeah, or how to do But taxes. You are forced to like follow three years of what they have told you. You need to learn this this year. You need to learn this in the following year, and then the whatnot. But if only we could choose, like, okay, I want to know this. I want to know that. I want to know that one as well. That would be an amazing education to me. And that will equip me to get into a job that I would be much more capable of because I have like now I know, uh, say if I were to go for a, for a um, marketing job or a management job, for example, and I have a perception of accounting, I have a perception of human psychology, so I know how people behave, so that can help me in making a human-based decision. And then I can learn something else that is related to marketing, perhaps. So I could also help in like how to market this product. To management, so I'm much a much better valuable asset to the to the even to the company, rather than me just focusing just on one accounting, and then I go to the company, and then accounting is like, oh yeah, we just need to you to just uh, fix up the books, yeah. uh, you know, just do the accounts and stuff like that, or even just like a designer, just oh yeah, I just finished that design, right? Okay, done. So you 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 can't like put your value into something else. But what if like I was a designer? I'm just changing perspectives. So what if I was a designer? Who had the digital marketing skills, and I was able to negotiate deals, and immediately for an employer, that's 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 a person that I want to hire. Hey, you mm. you come in with multiple heads. You you can you are not only a graphic designer. You understand what the client wants, 
and you're able to bring in deals. So for any business, that's uh, that, that's the kind of I think that mm-hmm. should be the candidate that we were looking for. Mm, yep. But what's being taught in the in university is much more for the industrial age. You're preparing people to go to factories. Yeah. That's fine for for skill work, I guess. But when it comes to knowledge work, knowledge work cannot be taught in the same way of, or the same mindset of how you structured yeah. manufacturing education. So we're stuck in like putting a template on everything. So how do we untemplate this, and where is this going to go for the future of education? I do see some universities opening up, but everybody is stuck with fixed costs. You have teachers to pay, you have lecturers to pay, so it's difficult to like you know like okay, let me um, uh, make it cheaper for you. You choose what you want, and and then you go off you go. But probably what I guess my own humble opinion to the universities would be, give your students three years. Mm-hmm. In a fixed course, say the same amount that you would take for any general degree, but you get to choose what you do in the next three years, and make it interesting for the next three years. Get them to change topics, and you should be even yeah, be able to, to do drastic things like, like learn about calligraphy in one class, and learn about programming in another. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly, and then you go for the job. And also, employers have to shift their mindset on accepting such new students, such new candidates, mm-hmm. and providing them the space and the necessary certifications that they need to excel in their jobs. Like I, I can't expect you to know A to Z when you come into the company, right? For instance, I would to tell you about an accounting job that I probably had um, a couple of years back. I went in as a fresh grad, right? Understanding how the basics work, but you have to pick up the system or the uh, the, the tools that the company uses. It, it varies from what you do in university, so it's like a whole new learning chapter again at work. So I was like, what's the point of going to the to the university to learn? When you come out, and everything is different. People use the different softwares. The concepts are the same, but you got to get used to something new completely. Mm. And then you learn, and it gets into your head as you do this work, and whatever you learn in theory it didn't make sense, and you didn't didn't understand in paper. But when you start doing it, you kind of figure that oh, this is how it goes. So you entry here, you entry there, you entry here, you entry there. Then it makes sense. So you really need to have a hands-on experience in the first place to learn. You can't just live your life or learn your degree through theory all the time. And the projects that we work on in universities, I guess it's the same for even graphics, is limited to one or two pieces per topic. You're not like doing like, you know, like every day training or multiple stuff in a daily basis for you to learn. So I think that's the thing that I would want universities to evolve is to allow us to have multiple choices. And when you get into a job that you think, hey, I want to try out this job, Employees should embrace you. Come on in. You have a basic knowledge. Like, say, oh, say, okay, what have you learned so far, my friend? It's like, oh, I have done accounting. I have done programming. I have done graphic design. So, and the job that you applied would be probably, say, um, graphic design. And be like, oh, okay. Out of the three years, you did one year graphic design. You fairly know something about graphic design. 
Otherwise, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have chose graphic design. Mm. And you're asking for a job in graphic design, so yeah. that means you're also comfortable in a job in graphic design. You get where I'm going? Yeah. So the whole ecosystem has to change. And it's a mindset that we need to adapt to. So I believe there are more people like me out there who will be willing to make the change. Because we desperately need yeah. a better workforce. We don't need robots. We have the robots to do that. We have machine learning coming that's going to wipe out all the robots in yes. the humans. Okay, so you've got to start using your brains and you want people who use their brains. True, true. So I'm all in for it, for a new workforce. Mm-hmm. I don't need a degree. I don't want a degree. I mean, I just that want comes, that's you fair, to be a good knowledge you, worker. But there's also like other it. companies that are pretty rigid when it comes down to your achievements. Like, for example, corporate companies or government companies or like government, they would really need to see their, uh, they really need to see your, what do you call that? Your certification in education. Yeah, because if, yeah, if it's like when it comes down to creative and when it comes down to, I think, the employer who wants someone who is very skilled That's in a true. certain area who has the same mind like you do, then it's easier for other people to get into it. And if they have the same idea as well, like the same mind, the same thinking. But when it comes down to like, um, because the, the thing is about the, our education system, it's been there for the longest time since, since the 18th and 19th century. And there's not much like, um, there's not much change in it. One thing is because it's been proven that it's great for employment when it comes down to like governments or like private sectors that consist of, you know, like um, for employee, for employment sense, like if you want to work in corporate, this is what you should do. This is the route. So it's been proven that it works. But I do, but I do agree that there needs to be a change because of the system. It somehow creates ignorance for students to sort of like learn about what they can actually do. There's more to what the system offers. Because you tend to like take what you get and you're like, okay, I understand this, so I'm just going to do this. There's no spark of, you know, like, there's no spark within you that creates curiosity that maybe I should do this, maybe I should dabble a little bit of this, do that. Not a lot of people are open to trying out new things that is outside of their comfort zone. So the system works for them. But then the other half of the population is like, I don't want to do just one thing. I want to be able to do a lot of things. which. For companies like us, we definitely welcome people who wants to do that. But then there are also other... I think at the end of the day, there's always something for someone, but there needs to be a change. We can't always stay in the... We can't always be this rigid throughout the end. Moreover, with AI taking over, because machine learning and AI advances, all these advances coming in is going to take over mm. yeah. um, repetitive tasks. So then we are then forced to like do things that require more creativity skills. Yeah, it's no longer doing things that are repetitive anymore. So creativity, yeah, I do think that human, there needs to be a change. Touch. I think there will be because of the advent of AI. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 uh you can't escape this change. It's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time. 
the system is outdated and yeah they know that's that's basically it if we don't change the 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 nature will change it for us and it's just whether are we too late or not and then uh, you have a, a you you start having an unemployment you start having people mm-hmm. needing to be skilled up True. so it's it's a process that keeps going on and on and on because we are very much depending on structural education i just like to mention here the late sir ken robinson what is it called i think we really uh, need to pick up this book <laughs> and and finding i think we should do a book like review him. on him he's uh, been a true inspiring uh, it's called finding your element. element right so uh, he's been a true inspiration to me yes finding element by second uh, robinson he's been a true idol to me uh, ever since uh, i discovered him like, i guess 10 years ago he was the reason i was a rebel like uh, i was against structural education was because of him and uh, he didn't believe in structural education he believed that education was put in place because of the rise of industrial era he wanted to create robots to fit into the factories and then it just the, the the concept of classroom was basically that putting a bunch of people train them how to operate a, a particular machine then send them to the industry to the workforce and that's how education started and over the time knowledge work everything was put into the same template so that's there's a whole fundamental uh, perception that is wrong uh, about education so i think guys just have to read listeners out there or to even to our team get this book read this uh, it's about finding your element uh, it may be a bit slightly controversial but yeah it makes you happy at the end of the day but i believe all of us here in herbert have found an element otherwise we wouldn't be here today so mm-hmm. it's not a book for us but for those out there who have not found your element please get it find finding your element by ken robinson uh, and yeah he passed away this year um couple of months ago so yeah. um a great host 2020 is not a good year <laughs> you, you don't so, even feel uh, like 2020 is is a year it's like the half of the year is just lost so think, because of the pandemic and everything that's happening yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. one for the books <laughs> so uh coming back to topic Uh, I think that we really need to um, embrace those employees that you think that do not want to embrace the new um, is do you need a paper qualification? Is a mm-hmm. five cent sheet really important? That really needs to change, and it will happen, or else those companies that you say that demand such qualification yeah. are going to fail. literally going to fail over the time nature will make them fail if they don't adapt to change yeah, so it's already I cracking in the seams yes you you it's, it's like yeah it's showing in a lot of industries and that's why you're getting burnout so much in in companies because the, ex, the expectation level is is the same you have not even shifted the way you to create the workspace is not shifted a lot of things have to be fundamentally shifting or else the workforce will shift it so you mm. need to adapt to what's what's future uh, great leaders i guess will make that make the change i'm positive that it is going to change because um 
if you notice most of your peers everyone almost everyone right now who's working is they're probably not doing what they were studying for especially uh, employers or business owners the ones who will uh, hire people in the future they are the ones who like best examples where they are doing something different than what they studied and that def- that definitely will give a big impact towards the pattern of um, apa, hiring in the future influencing education sector as well they realize that the degrees that they're selling is not really being utilized 100% by everyone i used to have a conversation with this journalist from the star she said that um she it was her first job being a journalist so she said that one of her friends who graduated from overseas got back and immediately got a job for us who study locally it's so hard to land on a job because of that credibility of them studying overseas it sort of gives them an easier opportunity to get a job that's some that's um how do you say this it's sort of like a stereotypical minded for employers to like oh because you studied from overseas so you're definitely credible to take on this job so uh, while we local students sort of have to scavenge <laughs> or like find the right job for ourselves yeah. actually i have mixed thoughts about mm-hmm. that um macam okay for instance akmal uh, i found out he was from rmit um uh, i mean like, it kind of does give that effect macam oh Okay, number one, he has experience in another country. Uh, the way he tackles, um, uh, apa? there's another bubble of people. He's made his social skills, the way his expectations is on another level. Um, and then, and Nasibaya, RMIT has a good uh, standing. It's not really about the country, but the university itself. University itself. Like, like my, my lecturers who are like really, really good, that I look up to, they also came from the same school. Um, Yeah, but uh, it doesn't have to be RMIT. Yeah, like if the school has a good standard, I mean, it does give off that that uh, impression. To it. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think I understand you guys. It gives that sense of you stop for this person. Like you scroll, like you scroll. Uh, you're looking for candidates to interview, right? And then you saw this guy from overseas. Oh, that's interesting. And then you dive in to learn more about that guy, right? So, like, it gives that a sense of want to check out more, want to find out more again. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still gonna go to your CV, your portfolio, but so yeah. it gives that a little bit of advantage, rather uh, rather than the person that's only studying local, because yeah, that, that's that's mainly because I think we're looking for fresh perspectives. Mm. Most of the times when we look at the local scene, it's like one in a thousand that you would get a good um, CV sometimes. Mm. You know, the markets are saturated. There's so many CVs out there. There's people scrambling for jobs. But you you need to find the best. And when you find the best, you, you go through so many, right? So when you start looking at like, oh, there's a, new, there's, a, there's a Malaysian who studied overseas and came back. And maybe he has a better perspective. So let's look up at his CV. I think that is the, the perception that we have, but I certainly would not agree that that only if you study overseas that you are capable of oh, yeah, no. producing high yeah, high yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, someone... that's not. <laughs> I think yeah. you got to reserve names. I mean, you shouldn't <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going to disclose anything. But yeah, yeah. So, here's an example. I, I agree. I agree to the perception yes, some employees yeah. have. 
but I think it's not right. That's that's the way Shashmin mm. told mm. that. I think that's not right. Some summing up back to the topic, right? The, yeah. the future of marketing in education. Just a few advice for universities. I think what they can do now at this point of time, with so much uncertainties, whether you want to study or not, uh, or whether your courses are doing uh, that is value for students or not. First thing is first they should do is start selling short courses. Start marketing short courses that you can entice students like you come in for like a thousand ringgit course or a two thousand ringgit course or something even cheaper and entice them for like uh, say six months online or offline whatever it's, it's comfortable to the universities do that market that sell that first sell the interest then once you have them in-house they can decide whether the programs that you have is valuable or not because it's much tough to sell somebody straight away at this point of juncture something that costs five figures you know, immediately online to this demographic now. But if you could sell something cheaper and something based on interest base, and it's easy to do, for example, like a digital marketing course, um, learn to get, uh, you know, learn to become a, a professional speaker in, 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 in uh, six months, or learn to become a influencer online. University talking about such things, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to open my eyes and see, right? As yep, a kid, yep. hey, the university is talking about how to become influencer, something that they are interested in. Mm-hmm. So you have to play this kind of, of gimmicks, uh, but value, of course, sell that courses, get them in, and then you can upsell your university courses at this point of time. I think that's one strategy that they can use for those who are, are having problems to restructure the whole education uh, offerings that they have. That's one way to go about it. And second would be like, you can't let go of digital marketing. This is a fact. We are limited with face-to-face marketing options at the moment. And the only ways that you can collect leads now or collect information or get uh, prospects is through online marketing. So even though it's not converting much at this point of time, they are still going to make a decision somehow and some, some, oh, sorry, they are able to make some, they are going to make some decision somehow and it's up to you to convince them that your university or organization is the best place to put their money. Yeah. And especially you need to convince their parents who is actually the people who are going to pay money. You need to convince them first that, hey, give us a chance to educate your child and we will ensure him he has a great experience and great future. So I think to sum up, these are the basic things that needs to be done from the university perspective. And for those who are willing to take a drastic bigger change, I would suggest to come up with new causes that are entirely on a self-consumed basis and test that as well. And see if people start, uh, uh, you know, expecting online courses and getting certified for that, whether that matters, you know, for employees. And I- so the, the people who can start the conversations would be um, the universities themselves who can guarantee the quality. So they should go and partner with the workforce 
and say, hey, we are doing a structural change. We're going to give short courses instead of the full-fledged degree diplomas that we traditionally see. But now we're going to give you these short courses and we want you to take the students that pass these short courses as your, your you know, like budding employees or something like that. So the universities need to start doing more um, workforce collaborations. That gives a barrier of entry. Uh, the barrier, sorry, the barrier of entry will be lesser for the students to also get into the university environment, and will be cheaper. All right, and you get well. to get a job directly. So, for instance, mm -hmm. um, say um, an agency like is looking for a digital marketer. Rather than finding somebody who has a diploma in, uh, you know, marketing or diploma in, 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 you know, mass communication or whatnot. But what if there's like a, a, a university, a well-known university is running a digital marketing course for, say, six months to one year? Just that, mm. you know? But it's not a diploma, it's not a degree, it's just digital marketing course. And because the kid was interested in that subject, now that university should engage people like us, companies like us, and say like, hey, we have a, a, a list of students who have done such certificates. Are you interested in this person? And then they should be able to give us the pool of the students and we can go for an interview. And I'm very confident that you will find gems and you will find amazing talents such way. Mm. Passionate people. Yeah. So I, I believe that's another way that universities can restructure themselves in a whole. Um, you have to break out from your traditional degree diploma. And yeah, of course, we sound very opinionated uh, towards the whole universities and stuff. We are in no place to advise the university, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. as for we are in the workforce, I clearly can see that what is the, the, what's lacking in the, in the industry. Mm -hmm. So if the universities can buck up and produce people with good knowledge that the industry really needs, yeah. then we all live in a happy world. I think the blame is more on schools. Huh? Technically, universities, they, the people who apply for them, like, oh, we didn't ask you to apply for this. You wanted to win. Yeah. But like, the people who did that is because of the schools. And oh, I guess I take this. And even uh, as marketers, you also, especially in education, you need to have some ethics. So... Mm -hmm. Please, to marketers out there in the education industry, please do not lie to your students. Make sure you show them the whole deal, the whole package, what they are subscribing for. Because there are a lot of, of causes being sold out there that may not be worthwhile for the students. And please make sure that you go through with their beliefs and thoughts and make sure they are ready for it. Hey guys, yeah. do you have anything else to say? As long as our education system sucks, <laughs> uh, digital marketing for education will always be a tricky matter. On the other hand, for marketers in digital marketing for education industry, so far we talked about how the, uh, the offerings of universities should be. But for marketers, I think it's a brilliant time for you to do brand awareness, start sending out as massive content as you can create for your universities. This is the time where you can teach your clients or tell your clients, hey, you need to create massive content. Because at this point of time, every university that really wants to make money needs to up their game in content marketing. 
otherwise you will be left out because this is the only channel the only channel at this point of time especially during mm. the pandemic mm. you need to be exposed all right so you need to have yes definitely and her bed is there for you <laughs> as always <laughs> i guess that sums up our podcast for today we hope you enjoyed your time listening to our rants and opinions <laughs> on two things uh feel free to visit our website at weareherbat.com and on social media at weareherbat. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in.